Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, and we are here for Always Almost There live, episode number two. Uh, today we are here talking about Sacred Rose, uh, Bridgeview, Illinois, from last night. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm Kev. I'm Jive Goose. Would that be uh, Jive Goose Fantasy Goose champion? It, it, it would be, and thank you for, for leading us straight into the the most important topic of of the day which is well listen listen i figured i'd get that out of the way while people are still filtering in so by the time people get here we're talking about the relevant stuff possibly the most controversial (laughs) as well well we're gonna do a we're gonna do a special episode uh where we we dive in and just take a look back at at the season um some of my highlights um some of my my best picks um so yeah look forward to that but but yeah Thank you, Ryan, for the congratulations. Uh, I feel like it's been a long time coming and, you know, happy to keep the championship belt in the family here. Um, of course, uh, Danny won at the last tour. And Neil, you did you win? I won a couple times. <laughs> okay, that's right. That's right. I thought I thought I've heard you mention that. So, uh, so yeah. Hey, fun times. But honestly, look, it's, uh, you know, I, this season was really cool. I, the The amount of players, uh, you know, continues to grow. Uh, I feel like the banter is growing a bit. Um, and it's, it's expanding. Right? You know, there's there's a lot of other, oh, yeah. um, you know, cool, funny people kind of kind of getting involved and and putting up some scores too. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the fall. And then also some of us that have been playing for a while that maybe with some of these new songs and formats aren't you know necessarily doing as well as we used to, but. <laughs> Neil, you know, we're gonna keep uh, trying. No, no. We're gonna have fun. Kev, we just want, yeah, we just want everybody to have fun. Kev, what what we was your eight pointer the fun. other day again? My eight pointer yesterday was hot tea. So, no, I right. for Thing Festival. What was your? I don't remember. <laughs> Wasn't it the, probably, the Father John Misty? 
Oh yeah, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes. He goes for the wild card picks. Hey, um, I am, to... I'm, so, I'm so far off the map, map at this point that you know <laughs> hail, hail marys were necessary and welcome at that point. You do what you got to do. Um, Mike the Narc in the chat. Hi, Mike the Narc. Oh, we're going to talk What's about up, him Mike. Today. Um, He's there. Up, Say hi. Um, and uh, shout out to four of us uh, being in the top six uh, for Fantasy Goose and Kev for doing his absolute best, as he always does. <laughs> Try very hard. I had a lot literally. of fun, and that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to send Kevin a couple stickers. <laughs> Good. J- just because he's a great guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just participated, you know? I was, we told, there was that. Trof- I was told there was going to be a trophy, but whatever. <laughs> well, you, you you don't get any, you you don't get anything actually. This is this is this will be the most recognition right here today. I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's move into uh, relevant topics here now, uh, instead of just continuing to take pot shots at each other. Um, we are done summer tour, which is crazy, hard to believe. Um, you know, now with the cancellation of residence, we have four and a half weeks before. Goose performs again. Uh, there's an Arebolo show scheduled. I think there's that uh, also that festival in September, Lawn Con with Elephant Proof and Jed, um, which looks to be cool. Um, but Goose is not performing again until uh, the beginning of fall tour on September 29th, which is crazy. Uh, we just had two nights uh, at festivals very far away from each other to close out the tour. Um, you know, obviously, we were not live, unfortunately, yesterday to talk about Thing Festival because due to an unfortunate lack of a webcast um, and uh, a, a stream that was up briefly, um, but then unfortunately, the connection wasn't great. Uh, we weren't able to listen to it, um, but we do we do have a set list um, and just like a couple of quick thoughts on it. Um, you know, it seems that they've kind of developed two different formulas for festival sets, as we've seen over the past two nights. Um, there's the more mainstream festival, uh, kind of set, which we saw earlier in the summer at like Beale street. Um, you know, obviously thing festival. Um, and then there's the different kind of festival set that's more geared towards the jam band festivals like peach, or we saw last night at sacred rose. Um, obviously different songs. Um, I think we definitely, we saw a few, a few similarities between last night and peach. Uh, I just feel like in terms of. Uh, tone of the set and how it flowed uh, but what, what do you guys think of the, these two kind of uh, festival formulas that goose has developed this summer well I, so i think that the set list for thing festival was was actually really really nice um mm-hmm. now the interesting thing of course is that and, and we don't have we don't have timings on those uh you know we haven't heard anything yet but just the fact that they played eight songs in what were what was supposed to be, and so we're assuming was was a seventy five minute set. Um, so eight eight tunes in seventy five minutes, and then last night, by contrast, seven songs in you know closer to two hours. They didn't get their full two hours, but um, so so yeah. So obviously, the stuff they did in at Thinkfest was you know they were down to business. And they were playing some of their greatest songs. You know what I mean? So uh, like we said before, you know what I mean? It's not that much different than what they did at Red Rocks. You know what I mean? Played a lot of their best, most popular songs. 
and didn't necessarily jam out a lot of stuff. So, so anyway, so, so same type of deal that we've talked about. Um, but, uh, the, the, the one difference that I would call out is if you look at something like what they did at Beale street versus what they did at thing festival, yeah. maybe you're saying those are both kind of more mainstream non jam band festivals, but they, they changed, they did change the formula a little bit. Cause that, the, the, the thing festival I think was at a higher level more towards what you would expect to see at a jam band festival in terms of their, you know, their play calling and stuff like that. So, so anyway, I think, I think a lot of it is just how, how much do they want to jam is really the question. Yeah, for sure. And then interesting thing about thing festival is that there was no cover, right? So kind of a yeah. shift from mm -hmm. like Beale street where like, I think they did a, a cover that would be electric like Avenue laser to like pull people in and uh, not this time around. And Neil, you had a count on how many originals have been played. What was that number? Oh, yeah. I mean, that one's crazy. I was just kind of like messing around with my spreadsheet and kind of looking at it. I was like, wow, there's just like a lot of like late August dates in here. And then I just sorted it and it was exactly 50. So prior to last night, they had played in the previous seven days, 50 unique original songs. I, I don't think any of the originals last night would have made it 51. No, they wouldn't. Anyway, have. So. Um, they wouldn't have so but just over the course of those seven days i think that's like kind of like a cool little footnote to all of that mm -hmm. which is they ran through basically two-thirds of their catalog of originals in seven days uh which is pretty impressive i mean it's cool i, I haven't like looked at it against like other more established bands and what that looks like but i think it's probably about as hard as you can go without going like you know super super hard on no repeats and things like that and for context, that's that 50, that's out of a total of 67 unique originals that they've played this year. And and those originals are including uh, Great Blue and Vasudo tunes, obviously. Yeah, I don't like make that distinction at all when I track songs. I, I, I don't I don't either. I, I consider those originals. Speaking of Great Blue songs, uh, bring back Jeff Engborg, please. Yes, please. We've been hey, missing. Jesse. We've been missing our friend Jeff since March, we would like him to come back. So let, let's, let's dive in a little bit uh, to last night's set. You know, I think some really, really solid improv uh, in the first half of the set, you know, in uh, pancakes, Madhavan, uh and arrow. Um, Madhavan got into a really, really nice major key jam um, in the middle there. Really, really great stuff. Um, pancakes, um, you know, just straight fire from beginning to end. I think a great way to open, uh, the set kind of draw people over from, uh, you know, where Umphreys was playing nearby. Um, but I, I just think it was, I just think it was a really, really great way to open the set. And then Arrow, I, I thought, you know, on first listen last night, while obviously our, our live stream wasn't perfect, but we are so grateful uh, to those at Sacred Rose last night who did uh, do some audio streams for us. So thank you so much. Um, but, you know, from what I heard, it sounded like a pretty... Um, I think it was ab an above average arrow uh, for 2022. Some definitely interesting uh, sections that I am very excited to revisit once we get soundboard quality of that. Yeah, all three of those jams were, were, were you know, largely upbeat. And like you said, I mean, I, you know, I definitely struggled to, to really get a much of a clear listening on anything. So, you know, it's, 
especially any anything nuanced any times when things might when the volume might have come down a little bit um you know it was even more difficult here but any any so i know jesse was on i don't know if he's still on but yeah anybody who was there last night um you know drop drop some thoughts in the comments because you know we didn't we didn't have the greatest listen and uh, i haven't talked to anybody really other than just a few comments here and there on twitter who's there so yeah, I'd love to hear people's thoughts, you know, now they've had some time to sleep on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I am excited to get back to um, really this whole set and, and be able to, to really dig into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I was really, I, I think of the things that I'm most excited to go back and, and listen to, uh, that Madavon kind of struck me as pretty, pretty cool. Uh, that jam that they got into for a while there. And I think we were all talking about it sounded great, but you know, like you said, we're not going to really know for sure uh, until we actually get a good listen to it. Then arrow struck me as pretty good last night too. Like I was, I was psyched about that arrow mm -hmm. and I've been critical of arrows in the past. I think we all have where like sometimes they just don't go anywhere. Um, but that one sounded like it went to a pretty cool different place. So really looking forward to hearing that one as well. That arrow seemed like it had a couple different unique sections to it. Ryan in the comments there uh, says another great arrow was at Beach Fest as well. I think that is a great uh, reference point for the last good arrow. I, I am definitely looking forward to getting back into the one that they played last night because it seemed like there were there were several distinct, very good sections. And it was very difficult, like a, a couple of you have alluded to. Uh, the bass just took over that entire mixler last night. Yeah. There was at, at the beginning of Arrow, uh, Trevor had a bass bomb that completely destroyed the sound of the stream for <laughs> 15, 20 seconds, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I, I was reading on Facebook. Uh, so Mike, who's in the comments, I think he posted something about the sit-ins a minute ago, but uh, which we'll get to. He was doing sound or you know support for the band, uh, and he was talking about how the sound bleed from Sector Nine coming over uh, was kind of overtaking the bass, so they kept kind of like cranking up. Trevor's base <laughs> so it would like cover sector nine's base so by the end of the show I, I think what you heard on the you know the audio stream is actually indicative of how loud the bass was it wasn't like a, a poor recording or anything like that I think they absolutely just had the bass cranked I mean I'm, I'm okay with that props to Padge for fixing Rick's snap string mid song and swapping amps to his backup Mesa wow that's uh, impressive Props to Padge. Um, I wonder Ryan, what song would that, would that be. be. Ryan, would that be a backup of a backup amp, or did they bring their own amps? Um, a backup of a rented amp, maybe. Okay. Um, unless unless they traveled with uh, Rick's smaller amp um, on the plane, but I, I'm guessing the logistics they were all of that. Amp. The logistics of that is just amazing to me. Yes. The, yeah. So rented gear last night as well, uh, which I forgot to mention. Oh, they had their amps. Uh, thank you, Mike. They had their amps. Um, interesting to note, uh, most notably, I think, uh, in, in Peter's gear, um, you know, he had an, a real Hammond B3 last night um, and a Fender Rhodes instead of his vintage vibe. So if you're listening to last night's show or the High Sierra set from earlier in the summer and you notice that the electric piano sounds a little bit different, that's because it is a rented Fender Rhodes instead of the vintage vibe. So it's, it's cool to hear uh, that slightly different sound. I think the only thing that really suffers in Peter world from backlining is he doesn't have his clav, um, which means we miss out on his absolutely perfect clav tone a little bit. 
Um, but and then your so, clap tweet has to sit in the draft folder. I know it, it's so it doesn't get put out, uh, unfortunately. But let, let, let's move into talking about these sit-ins. Uh, we've got a great comment from Mike uh, to talk about here too. But we had Margot Price on tambourine and vocals uh, for "Don't Do It," um, and Corey Wong on uh, "Hot Tea." Um, I, I thought Margot added nicely to uh, "Don't Do It." Um, pretty solid cover you know she was artist at large for the festival um so it made sense to have her up um i was not expecting another sit-in on the next song but i was so happy when they called up Corey. um you know i was just a little bit disappointed when he didn't sit in with them at fred uh last year but i'm really happy that this happened i think you know his style of rhythm guitar playing is absolutely phenomenal and just really complimented this song so well great solo from him in the middle section too but i would love love to hear Corey um sit in on this again you know his his sound and his uh band Corey and the wong notes um they are uh, not a jam band but they would be a very good jam band um and so i uh, you know it's really cool to hear um it's really cool to hear him playing in a jam setting and hear how you know his style really kind of opens up in that section so I, uh, let let me. My first thought when they introduced Margot Price was that I hope that they play California Magic because I that I mean that that's where my Ooh. head immediately went to. I thought that I thought maybe that would uh, sound really cool with some with some nice uh, you know female vocals. Um, you know. Uh, anyway, so so you know, don't do it. That makes sense. You know because it's it's. You know, it's a song that probably, you know, she already knew. And so, you know, it's maybe a little bit easier. But uh, but yeah, it would have been nice. Maybe they would have had a little bit more time um, to to work out some of that stuff. Um, that would have been really cool. Um, and then, yeah, the Corey stuff was really cool. Uh, there, that, that is kind of the one thing that we were able to go back to today because there's a couple of YouTube videos up um, with it. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a great player. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to to uh, hearing a nice cleaned up version of that on the soundboard as well. Yeah, that that hot tea was was spectacular. Um, I just got like right before we recorded, I got the the full bit of it, and I watched it, you know, before we got on. And uh, I mean, it, it's almost like that song was written for them to do a sit in with Corey Wan. It's just mm. like the fit is so perfect on it. Um, and it, it just sounds amazing. And it's just a, you know, a nice solid ripper of a hot tea, kind of like awesome for a festival set, like kind of showcases Corey Wong, like pretty well. And yeah. And he fits like a glove too. We were talking about this last night with his, like, I mean, his rhythm tone is basically the same exact rhythm tone that Peter would play if he were to play rhythm guitar on hot tea. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty cool. I think there was a comment made, I don't know if it was in the group chat last night, that, that Corey's guitar sounded a little more dominant in the mix uh, than perhaps Rick did at the time. I don't know if that held up. I didn't see the YouTube video. I don't know if that held up on the YouTube video for y'all. Um, in regards to the Margot Price sit-in, I love her vocals, and I can't like I can't wait to go back once the soundboards are cleaned up and, 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 and hear that as it was. Same amp, different strats. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, and as you mentioned, you know Corey's tone being similar to Peter's. Uh, obviously, also uh, Peter's rhythm playing and tone are, you know, 
he cited Corey Wong as a huge influence on him. So it must've been really cool to play with uh, Corey last night, you know, in addition to having Corey, you know, at the goose Fred festival last year. Um, but, you know, it must be really cool to get to play with uh, one of your influences like that. Um, but yeah, as, as you mentioned, tone really, really worked. And then to close the set and the tour, you know, had to be drip field. Um, it, it was interesting to see the paper set list, uh, come out this morning because there were, I think, a f- like four or five more songs written on it, which is, you know, very ambitious for them, uh, for a two hour slot. But you know, shoot for the moon. Um, there, there was Animal was on it, um, which I think some of us were expecting, but we did have a moment, uh, yesterday before the show started where we realized that none of us put Echo of a Rose on our, uh, fantasy picks, which we figured would be a, uh, an easy pick given the name of the festival, uh, but they didn't play it. So I, I, I remember seeing creatures and animal. What, what were the others on the list? That it was a, there was, there was a Robert uh, closer. Oh, and the Bob John. Uh, yeah. The Robert, Robert. Uh, I, I, I wonder if uh, it being written ad. Oh, got to have audibles for different vibes. Um, I wonder if Robert being <laughs> nice. written instead of Bob Don uh, means that they were going to play it with. Um, and if so, then that is an unfortunate thing to be left off. I'm actually surprised that was on the set list at all. Uh, out, of, out of all those songs, I, I kind of like put them in a bucket of just kind of like bangers or like ragers, you know, and then Bob Don, I don't know if I put in that same category. Bob even Don's though I absolutely love the song. Uh, but yeah, it's it would have been surprised. interesting to end the show with that. Um, Neil, you're going to have to come up with an, another bucket here because it says you got to have audibles for different vibes. That's what Mike says. So you're going to have to have like a vibe bucket now too. Vibe bucket, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, and I, so and, and look, I mean, that it's it's nice just to to hear someone you know mention that because you know I know we've talked about that a little bit where it's like, yeah, I don't know that I, I don't know that it's always the case. But when we see these paper set lists where you know three songs didn't get played or something, I, I yeah, I don't know that it's always the case of they were planning on playing every one of those songs. I think, I think it's like what Mike is saying here is that, well, Hey, look, let's add this other song or two in here. And depending on how we feel coming out of this or whatever the case may be, there, there's probably different criteria. Mm -hmm. These are, these are the options we're looking at so that maybe they're not, you know, when they're on stage and they're focused, they're not if and they do want to pivot, they don't have to go so far in their head to figure out what to pivot to there's a little bit of a, almost a backup plan built into the paper set list. So um, it's a great strategy for sure. Yeah. I think. So and, it's not all, it's not always poor time management. I think, I think it's the point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yes. right. Which, which is like a frequent criticism, right? Yeah. They, they listen, they, they've, they've been better. Uh, the last show where they had an early curfew. Um, but yes, and that, that's, you know, I keep saying, but it, it's sometimes, Sometimes it's hard to believe that we're at the end of summer tour. You know, I guess summer tour technically started at the end of April, um, you know, which is four months ago, uh, which is crazy. But there's been so much that's happened. Um, You know, really excited. We are recording tomorrow. Uh, We are recording our uh, August leg of summer tour uh, recap episode uh, with all five of us, which will be up later in the week. Um. Very much looking forward to that and talking about, you know, bigger picture stuff um, as we head into this month long break um, before fall tour. 
you guys yeah and then and then maybe and then maybe another kind of mid-year check-in uh before fall tour starts where we can kind of look back um at some more of the kind of overarching themes um and then we can also you know check in on jam of the year see where that's going how the bracket's shaping up um so yeah yeah looking forward to um you know to to digging a little bit deeper into some of this stuff yeah i mean we definitely have to bounce and look back at you know the year that's kind of gone by it's 57 shows um which is an enormous amount of music uh well over 100 hours to listen to and and kind of digest a little bit and kind of break down for folks so i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be great yeah uh, my, my before we they completely move on from uh sacred rose though the one thing that i did want to mention which i said i was going to mention is that jeff was playing a rented gong oh so yes i'm really really looking forward to those those boards so we can hear the different gong sound uh that i was reading about on facebook today <laughs> I, I think that was I think that was from Mike. Uh, that was from Mike. Yeah, it was from Mike. Um, Wong yeah, Wong Gang. Wong Gang. <laughs> yeah, the Wong that was Gang. A, that, that was a good thing coined on uh, coined on Twitter last night. That was that was funny. Well, yeah, my my current jam of the year playlist is around exactly the twenty four hour mark. Um, so if you have a spare day. Um, but I, I think we're all going to be, I think we're all going to be posting updated playlists, uh, within a couple of days of the soundboards, uh, for these two festivals dropping. Um, I imagine they're not going to change a ton from where they are, uh, after Portland. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to hear once we listen to, uh, I think especially that arrow again, um, whether it ranks, um, cause it, let me tell you, I I've had to cut some jams off the bottom to keep it at 64, um, I haven't been enjoying that. Oh man. I, so Kevin and I were just texting the other day and I was like, it's just crazy to look at some of the shit that's fallen off. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I, I asked specifically about the, the echo from MPP, uh, if it ended up making his 64 and he gave me the big no on that. No, yeah, it, it's oh, really neither. good and it doesn't make it. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. we're going to get like absolutely dragged. Uh, <laughs> whenever the seating comes out it's gonna... there's gonna be so many jams so many jams that people just absolutely love and are like super connected with and like i get it and i agree uh yeah but like it's impossible choices now this year. yeah I, I feel like last year you know there were only like six or seven really popular jams that weren't on the bracket that people uh were a little bit upset about but i think this year because there are so many more shows and so many more incredible jams being played like there's going to be a lot that doesn't make it that people are not going to be too pleased about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too is, I mean, I, I feel like there's a, I, I looked into this a little bit, but there seems to be a direct correlation between attendance growth as the band plays larger venues and attendance bias. So <laughs> one goes up and then they both go up. And so it's a positive correlation. There's a lot of attendance <laughs> bias out there is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And then, you know, with the amount of shows they're playing in Colorado right now, yeah. like, forget about hey. it. Like every single one of those better make the list, you know? Hey, if if you have attendance bias, um, I will be holding um, ABA, Attendance Bias Anonymous, uh, for those who need help. <laughs> um, 
you know, I now have the DC Wisteria ranked number four on my list. Um, oh, good for you, Ryan. I, I, it, it's possible yeah. to get over your attendance bias. It, yeah, I, all, I've you done need, it. all you need is a bunch of friends to make fun of you regularly. Constantly <laughs> for like six months. <laughs> we do it because we love you, Ryan. That's yeah, the only reason. You. Uh, there we go. Okay, well, I think we're... Yeah, we're getting a little off track here, um, but it's, it was good. Uh, great way to close out the summer. Um, we're looking forward to talking about the whole tour um, tomorrow night, uh, which you guys will hear later. But thank you uh, for everybody for tuning in uh, to this episode. Um, we will be back sometime soon. Uh, so keep your eyes on social media for that. Um, we'll see you next time. Thanks to Mike for all the context, man. All that extra stuff you brought. Yes. We appreciate yeah. it. We'll appreciate that. that comment too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.